You're listening to the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Arden Cartret. This space is meant to be a tool for you to feel less alone and to learn more about how to get through what you've been through and what you're probably going through. We'll hear diverse stories from women and men in the online space, experts, and people just like you and me who are feeling the effects of miscarriage and loss in real time. This is the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. You're listening to episode number 30 of the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Arden Cartret. I'm a bereavement doula, a trauma support specialist. Basically, my job is to help women get through miscarriage. And over the four years now since my first miscarriage, I've learned that that looks different for everybody. So I've created this space, this podcast, my website, my services, and I'm so grateful that you are here, but I'm also so sad that you're here. On this episode, Allison shares her miscarriage journey with us. Her third pregnancy ended at eight weeks and brought a lot of confusion and grief into her life. Um, you know, grieving miscarriage, experiencing miscarriage at home, which is unfortunately the way she experienced it. And then to go on, get pregnant again, and navigate the confusion, the confusing feeling of, oh, I love this baby so much, but I also miss the baby that I should have. And we talk a lot about that. You know, I don't think in the miscarriage community and in books about miscarriage, it covers if a rainbow pregnancy is your goal, you kind of need to prepare yourself for what that looks like because it is different and there are different emotions, different feelings. It's, I think I posted once, like a rainbow pregnancy doesn't fix everything. It's not everybody's end goal. It doesn't fix everything if it is. It's just another part of your journey. And I think that this conversation really proves that. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to Allison's story. I will let you get right into the episode. This is my conversation with Allison. Um, it's It comes natural to me, but I recognize the insane, insane privilege that even saying that um, has. The fact that I've had that access and, and people who have advocated on my behalf, I it's not lost on me. And I think those two things are just important as I lead into the story. So. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's really great to mention. Um, that's something that I've privately mentioned to people, but I've never, I I did, haven't put it in the beginning of any episodes here. And I think that that's a really great idea. Um, I've been trying to do like topics discussed that way people can decide if they're comfortable with one of the topics of miscarriage, but also the privilege of being open and asking for help and going to therapy is something um, it's something that I've recently kind of like understood differently because not everybody can vocalize what they're going through. Um, So I've learned what a privilege that is as well. So that's very important. Yeah, no, I think, I think it is. And, and again, it's woven throughout my story. And so that's just a quick call out on that. And um, I think I'll, I'll just jump right in. So 
Um, my family and I, we were on, um, we had taken a little vacation in December of 2019. And because of some of the previous experiences that I've uh, worked through, I'm just very in tune with my body. And so while we were on our trip, I had felt just slightly off and I decided you know, I was going to take a pregnancy test. And it's, I'll also add that I am just a pee on a stick addict. I have some compulsive behaviors around peeing on sticks. Um, so it's not weird or odd for me to just have them with me or to stop at a store and pick some up. Um, you know, my husband would not bat an eye. So, you know, I did that and, and we got to our location and shortly thereafter, um, I privately took a test and it was just the faintest of positives. Um, but having taken so many, I, I knew, I knew instantly that it was positive. So I actually waited until the next day as I have done with my previous kids, which I guess that kind of sounds weird, but I love that there's this moment, uh, knowing that I have life growing inside of me and I'm the only one on earth that knows it. And it just feels really safe and I don't know, magical, I guess. But, um, you know, the next day I decided to take another test and it was of course positive. And so I told my husband, he was very surprised at the timing, but also just very happy because we had known that we both wanted more kids. So we had gotten back from our trip and I was probably getting close to five or six weeks along. And because of my previous two pregnancies, kind of recognized new, you know, the signs to look for in my body that said that things were progressing. I had felt such severe sickness in both of my previous pregnancies. So I was just waiting day after day for that to start. And it never really did. I would have these just small waves of nausea, but nothing nearly as intense as I remembered it being before. And so at night I would just lay in bed and I would Google like crazy. And I would share with my husband that something just, it just didn't feel right. And it felt off. I wasn't getting as sick. And as I mentioned before, I'm just someone who's very in tune with my body and something just didn't feel right. And, um, he's very positive. He's probably one of the most positive people that I know. So he just kept reminding me, you know, every pregnancy can be different. And these were things that I had told him, you know, that things would be okay, that I was probably just being overly cautious, which is very much in line with my personality. And so we went to our eight week appointment, um, sat down and, and I remember this moment, I just looked at him and I said, I'm like, I will be so shocked if they tell me that everything's okay. I just, I just had a feeling that it wasn't again, I was getting the waves of nausea, but it just felt, just, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but I just was going to be so shocked if they said that things were okay. So we went back for ultrasound and sat down and the tech started working and you know, she was just silent and having been through this a few times before, I just knew it was, wasn't the best of signs. And when I, when the image was finally pulled up on the screen, it was quickly pulled up and quickly taken down. So, um, I just knew, I, I, I knew in that moment that I was going to hear that my baby had died and it's hard to say that, but I mean, that's what happens. I think we get lost in the word miscarriage, but for me, I mean, my baby had died. So the first thing I did was I asked the tech if the doctor was going to come in and she just said to me, you know, I'm so, so sorry. And I immediately looked over at my husband and I just said, I told you. And then after that, I just started sobbing and I just, I, 
I repeat that and it, it breaks my heart even now because I just, I wanted so, so badly to be wrong. Um, but I just knew it. And, and the weird thing, it's a weird thing to respond with. I told you, and I, and I think about that all the time, but, but it was just something that all of the convincing that he had tried and all of the support that he had given, I, I just knew. So, and I think one thing I want to say for, for anyone that's listening, that maybe if you find yourself in this moment, one thing that I didn't do and I, and I wish that I had, but is to ask for the photos and, you know, they, the tech is taking them. And I did go, when I went back a few days later, I did ask for them and they found one, but the image was just so bad. And I just, I wish that I had asked for the images in that moment or that it could be something that they give you, even if you don't think that you want it, because I think back to that moment, I just wish I had something more tangible of, of that baby and, and something that I could look at now over a year later and, and, and just look at that. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but. Totally. Um, um, that's my regret with my, my two miscarriages. I didn't, I didn't think about it even with my second. And, um, now I wish I could go back and get pictures. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't think of it either. And, you know, I did a couple of days later, but by then, you know, it was too late. And it, it's the one thing that I, I think about a lot, but, um, yeah, so, so we went in, they took us into a, a different room and we waited for the doctor to come in. And I, I've listened to a lot of stories and I know a lot of women haven't necessarily had the best interaction with their doctors, but after this happened, I will say that I received a very thorough explanation of what my options were. And my doctor was very caring and understanding and I'll never forget that. I, re I really appreciated that it didn't felt like, it didn't feel like she was just working through another day in her office. So, um, you know, my personality is that of someone who needs to fix things. And so, you know, she laid out three options for me and, you know, none of them felt particularly great, but, you know, the option one was kind of waiting for my body to miscarry naturally. And that didn't seem something like something I ever considered. And, you know, I was already at what was supposed to be the eight week mark. My body hadn't recognized that anything, you know, that my baby had died and, and just waiting for that to happen. I was met with a lot of anxiety versus um, a calmness. And um, the second option she gave me was to have a DNC. And that also didn't work for my immediate, my need for immediate solution. You know, it was a Friday and the first opening was a Tuesday. And so that just in my mind, I couldn't process that I would have to go the entire weekend. And then the third option she gave me was medication, which was Cytotech. And that was the option that I chose. And I, I chose it for a few reasons. And one of them being financial, which honestly, this should not even be a thing. And we could talk about my feelings on that <laughs> for literally hours. <laughs> um, but it's the truth. Yeah, so um, that was that went into my decision. And um, but the main reason was that I wanted to be in my home and I wanted this baby out. So that seemed like the quickest way um, to quote unquote fix this. And so that's the choice that I made. 
Um, so we went home and I immediately drove myself to the pharmacy to pick up my prescription. My husband went and picked up our kids from daycare. And it was in that moment that I really struggled with the thought of inserting this medication because I was so hyper-focused on the other reasons that it was used for. I, I couldn't get over some of those other reasons. And I was very afraid of the judgment when I picked it up, which now that I've had a lot of time to think about and learn more about, it's just unfounded. And it's um, in that moment, I wish that I would have paused and done some more research prior to that, um, because I definitely feel, I feel less of that today um, than in that moment. But as soon as I got home, I inserted the Cytotec and almost immediately my body started to respond to it. So whether that means I was close to having, you know, miscarrying naturally or not, I'm not sure, but but it was, it was fairly quick. So if I had to go back in time, I, I probably would have asked someone to come over and watch my kids so that my husband could be a little bit more available. But um, while some doctors describe it as a little bit more than a bad period, I found that it was so much more, so much worse than that. So had I known the actual pain of it, I think things would have been a little bit different in our home. <laughs> I just wasn't prepared, right? So um, you know, sometimes I think about the pain of it and it feels worse than the pain that I experienced at the birth of my other kids. And I think a lot of that has to do with the mentality that I went into it with. Um, and I think if there's an opportunity to change the way that physicians talk about the pain that you may experience, I think that made it might have made a difference, but my expectation was pain of a different level. If that makes hundred percent. And it's, and it's a labor. Um, a lot of people don't realize it that is. it's a labor contraction situation. And I've said a few times that, um, labor and delivery of my rainbow baby were a breeze. I mean, I had an epidural, so it's not like I can't mm -hmm. totally claim that it was a breeze, um, naturally or anything, but you know, also postpartum, like all of that was a breeze because I had my miscarriages. And I felt that pain was worse. And people almost didn't believe me. Right. I a hundred percent, it was, it was way worse. And I was prescribed a narcotic, which funny enough, I, I was not prescribed that after the birth of my other children. And I'm very thankful for that as well. And, you know, I should have recognized in that moment, I wish I would have that the fact that I was being prescribed this pain medication likely meant that it was a little bit more than um, the pain that was being described to me. So, um, so I'm upstairs and I'm, I'm alternating between the bathroom and my bed. And, you know, my husband is alternating between being a supportive husband upstairs with me and being downstairs, taking our kids. And it's, it's not necessarily the most ideal, but when I'm in pain, I tend to go inside myself quite often. And so I did a lot of that. And and like you just mentioned, it, it's a labor and, you know, one of the, the hardest things for me, um, taking a deep breath, but the main thing that I've had to work through is the fact that I, I birthed this baby in our bathroom. Um, I'm just going to breathe for a second. Um, yeah, I couldn't, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't look while I did it and, and I flushed the toilet. And, and I've dealt with 
so much um, just internal, I'll say shame that that's what I did. And so the interesting part is that on your website, you have this handout and um, gosh, um, it's going to be hard for me. I'm going to read this part because I want to make sure I get this sentence right. But um, you, you write, you have this part that says, please know that it is okay if you miscarry in the bathroom and choose to flush the toilet. And I read that the other day and um, it just brought me to tears because it was so healing to read that. And it was so validating for me to read that, that you wrote that for a reason. And, and I've spoken to this in therapy, um, but I haven't communicated this to many people outside of therapy. Um, but you wrote that for a reason. And, you know, other people have done that too. And that's what I took from reading that sentence. And I, you know, this is only a week ago and just reading that sentence has brought me so much healing. And I, I really can't thank you for, for having that there. Um, again, it's hard to put into words what reading that has meant for me. Yeah. Well, and it was, um, it was a little, controversial if I was going to put it there because I even though I talk to women about miscarriage all the time um, that still feels really isolating that I did that twice and you know I think about that all the time as well and so hearing other women say that that has never left their mind or that they didn't know that it was appropriate to do other things um, I wish I had known that and um but I also don't know if I had known if it was appropriate. I don't know what I would have done because I couldn't look either. Um, I didn't want to touch anything. I didn't want to look at anything. I just wanted it gone. And that sounds terrible, but um, I just couldn't deal with looking at it. Right. And, and that's how I felt as well. And it's taken a lot for me to be able to even say that um, because yeah you know, that's your baby and you've done this thing. <laughs> and in reading that, I, I also didn't really think to do something else. So, you know, I, I read some of the other things and that just, that didn't cross my mind as something that, that I would have done either, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so, yeah. but but again, reading that, I'm, I'm glad that you put that in there. I didn't know that you had had that same experience. And just reading that has, has brought a lot of healing for me. Um, and I'm sure it will continue to bring, to bring that same healing for others. So um, at the time, you know, I didn't, I really didn't think of my miscarriage as a birth experience. But in many ways, it almost feels like I've been reborn and I actually ended up reaching out to a lot of my friends and even acquaintances who I hadn't talked to in years but people who had previously told me about their miscarriages and I apologized to them and you know I told them that I don't rem I don't even remember what I said to them in the moment that they shared their experience with me but I'm 100% certain that it wasn't possibly it couldn't have possibly been the right thing and you know right. most of them didn't, you know, they didn't say that I had said anything particularly wrong or anything along those lines. They were 
um, thankful and it was, it felt less isolating to be able to share this with them. But, you know, I, I couldn't have right, said the right thing because I just, I really didn't know what to say. So it's taught me a lot, but, you know, traditionally when someone is going through something traumatic, we respond usually at a, a distance and um, something along the words of, you know, I can't imagine. And my outlook now has been to imagine. And I think that we have, we really have to imagine if we want to be able to empathize and support people in, in meaningful ways. I totally agree. Yeah. And so I also want to add that I'm not sure, and I'm not sure how to solve for this, but I really didn't know the resources that were out there until it was a little bit too late. So part of that is the fact that I'm just, I look for instant fixes and, you know, so that's something separate, but I'm fairly confident that I'm not the only one who has never randomly looked up resources to support yourself while going through a miscarriage when you've never had one. And so I just wish that things were more out there and I wish that I would have just spent some more time learning about what having a miscarriage meant, the effects that it would have on my body and just more so what to expect overall. And again, I'm not sure how we solve for this because you tend not to need the information until you need the information, but I I just wish that there was more and, and I'm not, again, I'm not sure how to solve for that. Well, I think um, my theory on that is that our doctors, OBGYNs, uh, reproductive endocrinologists should be prepared with those resources because, you know, they say that loss is so common and that they see it all the time, but they, you know, you either have a good experience or you don't. And, and that's beside the point, at least they could have resources to fill in the blanks where they're unable to. And so um, I think that that would be a world of difference. Yeah, I like, I like telling you to go home and to take Cytotec. And if they had, you know, even just do a little research and find blogs or communities or let you know that, there's a whole community of women on Instagram. You just have to use appropriate hashtags and you can find people just like you. Um, Like it makes all the difference in the moment as you're going through it instead of weeks after while you're trying to process what you've been through. Right. And, you know, I did find those people, but like you mentioned, it's, it's weeks after as you're working through the effects that this has taken um, on you know, your mental state and your body. Um, but, you know, a part of me also thinks that after I, I read more information, you know, there's a lot of scary stories that have that also come. And so, you know, I did have some, you know, my experience, I don't want to call it naive, but maybe it was a little bit protected that, you know, I was a little bit naive to the fact that, you know, medication can have these side effects and the DNC can have these side effects, you know, but I don't know that that's necessarily the right way either. So, right. so I, I don't think yeah. there is a right way. I, I don't think, I think it's an imaginable, um, it's horrible and it's horrible to have to think about it. It's horrible to have to prepare for it. And so, um, 
it makes sense kind of that we're so unprepared because it's not something that we ever expect to go through. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I think that it starts with the doctors, but I think that might be uh, just, you know, my own, um, my own issues with treatment and stuff like that. You know, I do, I do agree. And, you know, through this, I've also learned to be a better advocate for myself and really push for the care that, you know, I know I deserve that I know my kids deserve. So being able to recognize that I think has, has been, it's been eye-opening, you know, no one, your doctors do to a certain extent have your best interest in mind, but no one's going to advocate for your, you, the way that you will. So, right. No, that's, um, that's exactly right. And yeah. So the last thing I want to say is since my miscarriage uh, has happened, I've had a daughter and, um, (laughs) so she is just, she's such a bright light in our lives, but my joy has really been laced with so much grief and sadness and conflict over what has happened. And again, it's just something I didn't expect. I think I really, I think often about the circumstances that led to her being here. And that's really hard. And the Mm -hmm. time, the time in between my miscarriage and then her birth has likely contributed to that, but it's, it's really led me to question if now am I thankful that I had this miscarriage because had I not had it, she wouldn't be here. And that's a question that just, I, I probably think of that daily. And, and I honestly have thought more about my miscarriage now after my daughter's birth um, than I did the months after it's happened. And I think it's something that I need, I'm going to need to work through and just how, um, how grief and joy, you know, they coexist and feeling happy, you know, doesn't negate the previous experience experience that I've had and it doesn't you know vice versa too so like feeling grief doesn't make my joy any less so I'm trying to process the fact that I've had this traumatic event happen but then this joy has come of it it's it's been a lot so that's kind of where I am at today is just working through those feelings of conflict. And again, she is such a light, but I I do very frequently replay just the circumstances that have led to her being here. And that's, it's, it's painful. Allison, I cannot tell you enough how much I relate to that. Like doing the miscarriage doula, part of that you know, I consider a miscarriage journey to be life afterwards and to be pregnancy, to be motherhood postpartum, because my experience has been the exact same to where my grief is different and it's heightened. And I'm confused by my grief because I'm also so happy. Um, it is beyond the strangest feeling. So like I'm sitting here, like trying to jump into my microphone, telling you how much I feel everything that you just said, because 
I was not prepared for that. I honestly thought that if I had my rainbow, it would heal. It wouldn't heal it a hundred percent, but like it would, I wouldn't think of it as much as I do. Um, but I'm still triggered and I do go to therapy to work through, um, the PTSD that I still have. Um, but I, I also have to work through the grief that I'm feeling at the same time as joy, because there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of just confusion, at least on my end. I'm mm-hmm. so confused by those feelings. Yeah. I mean, they're very conflicting and you sometimes, you know, or I sometimes feel as though I can't, every experience that I've had with my daughter recently, I I replay what happened before. And so it's just very conflicting. And so it's something again, that I, I have to work through and, and maybe we can talk about this in a few months after we both, you know, continue to, to continue to do the work, but, um, it, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. And it's hard for me to, to put into words, the grief and the joy and how they are intertwined and and maybe they always will be but I won't think of it in every experience and I'm hopeful for that but but maybe they will and and that's okay too and it's just figuring out how to navigate things in a way that is healthy and it makes sense and makes sense for me and my family so yeah (laughs) I I just know that I relate so much and I know that, um, you know, that's not everybody's experience for some people. It's completely healing. Um, for some people, they have what we're experiencing and I don't know how old is your daughter. So she is three and a half months now. Okay. So my rainbow is 13 months and it does get easier. Um, like it gets lighter it, but in the first six months specifically was whenever it was the most difficult for me. Okay. So that, I mean, that's good to know. Again, I, I find a lot of healing when I can hear other people's experiences. And that was, that's been probably one of the most helpful things for me. Um, so again, for you to share that, for you to share things, um, you know, like we've talked about earlier, just um, with regards to, you know, the birth experience that I had at home. And, and so I, I think the, the more I share and learn, I think it will continue. I'm hopeful that it will continue to improve <laughs> and get easier. Yeah. But, but thank you for being so vulnerable and, and putting everything out there. I, I know I benefit from it and I'm sure there are so many women out there who are silent, um, but listen and also feel that same that same things. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Allison, thank you so much for sharing your story and for sharing so many wise words of wisdom. Um, it was an honor to hear about an honor, but I, you know, it's such a terrible thing to talk to people about. Um, but it's really nice to meet other people and for me to also feel less alone. So even though I'm creating this space, you know, I, I enjoy feeling less alone, just like everybody else. So I really appreciate you sharing your story with me. Yeah. And thanks for having me.